0: In finem dilexitheos, he loved them unto the end. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. It is, I think, by a very special disposition of God's liturgical providence that you, dear friends, And adorers, faithful adorers, the most blessed sacrament should be here on this day, the Feast of the Eucharistic Heart of Jesus. I don't know if John knew this when he chose today for your coming together here in our monastery, the Feast of the Eucharistic Heart of Jesus. Is that not wonderful? 97 years ago, on November ninth, 1921, Pope Benedict XV instituted this feast of the Eucharistic Heart of Jesus and ordered that it be celebrated on the Thursday within the octave of the Sacred Heart. And in instituting this New feast. Pope Benedict the Fifteenth wrote, The chief reason of this feast is to commemorate the love of our Lord Jesus Christ in the mystery of the Eucharist. You might say that today is the feast of Eucharistic love. And Benedict the Fifteenth went on to say. By this means, the Church wishes more and more to excite the faithful to approach this sacred mystery with confidence and to inflame their hearts with that divine charity which consumed the Sacred Heart of Jesus when in his infinite love he instituted the Most Holy Eucharist, wherein The divine heart guards and loves them by living with them as they live and abide in him. For in the sacrament of the Holy Eucharist, Pope Benedict XV concludes, he offers and gives himself to us as victim, companion, nourishment, viaticum and to pledge of our future glory. You see, the adorable mystery of the Eucharist sums up and contains and communicates to us the entire mystery of Christ. His incarnation, his life, his passion, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, all of this is contained and in some way made available to us and applied to us in the Most Holy Eucharist. If you seek the open side of the glorious ascended Christ, you will find it in the host. If you seek the pierced heart of Jesus, beating with love for the Father and with mercy for sinners, you will find it in the host. If you seek the divine friendship of Jesus, you will find it in the host. The intro of today's Mass (coughs) is most unusual in that, contrary to what is customary its words are taken not from a psalm, but rather from the 13th chapter of St. John's Gospel, the beginning of the beloved disciple's account of the Last Supper. We might say that in the intro of today's Mass, St. John opens the door of the upper room, the cenacle and says to us, look what he has prepared for you. Come in. The translation of the intro, it is, Jesus, knowing that his hour was come. Jesus lived for this hour, for this hour. Jesus, knowing that his hour was come, that he should pass out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them, St. John says, unto the end. What does this mean, unto the end? The most blessed sacrament is the all-surpassing invention of our Lord's love for us. When St. John says, unto the end, he means not only that our Lord loved us unto death, death upon the cross, he means also that in instituting the most holy sacrament of the altar, he carried his love for us as far as it could go. He means that we have no greater sign, no greater proof, no greater experience of the love of the Sacred Heart of Jesus for us than the Most Holy Sacrament of the Altar. The verse of the introit placed these words on our lips. Cantate Domino Canticum Novum Quia mirabilia fecit, sing ye to the Lord a new canticle, because he (coughs) hath done wonderful things. What are these mirabilia, these wonderful things? They are the things, all of them, the things that our Lord does for us, in the most holy sacrament of the altar. First, by instituting the sacrament of his body and blood, our Lord gave to his church the means by which she, through her priests, perpetuates the sacrifice of the cross in an unbloody manner until the end of time. The mass is the sacrifice of Calvary, the once and for all immolation of the pure victim, the holy victim, the spotless victim, made present again and again on altars all over the globe. And this, from the rising of the sun even to its setting, as the prophet Malachias foretold. How I wish that our clergy and faithful would return to using that sublime expression that denotes our Catholic faith, the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. The Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. Second, by instituting the sacrament of his body and blood, our Lord gave us the means by which the Church, his mystical body, is formed and held together and grows in unity. No holy sacrifice of the Mass, no Church when the Mass, which God forbid, if ever the Mass should cease to be offered on this planet, it will be all over. The Church is born of the Most Holy Eucharist. Again and again, in all her newness and beauty and vitality and energy, So often as we receive the adorable body of Christ, we are united to him as members of the body to their head. Without any communion, we are a beheaded body. And we are united, knit together, as members one to another. Third, by instituting the sacrament of his body and blood, our Lord gives us his own real presence until the end (laughs) of time. Even as we shall sing in the communion antiphon of today's Mass, Behold, I am with you all days, even unto the consummation of the world. I am with you, not a mere remembering, not a kind of souvenir of something in the remote past 2,000 years ago. I am with you, all days even to the consummation of the world. Are there more comforting words than these? Who among us can lose hope or fall into sadness or despair of the mercy of God, when we have as close to us as the tabernacle in the nearest church the real presence of our Lord, who silent, oh, the silence of the host, and hidden and utterly humble waits for our company. The epistle of today's Mass is the same one, more or less, that we read on the Feast of the Sacred Heart last Friday. The Church would have us understand by this that the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the gift of himself in the most holy sacrament of the altar (coughs) cannot be separated. One who professes to love the heart of Jesus will be drawn to the sacred host as to a lodestone magnetized by the sacred host. If people realize that the tabernacle of every church in Ireland contains the heart of Jesus, a burning furnace of charity, and the remedy for all our ills, the comfort for all our sorrows, the fulfillment of all our searchings, and the answer to all our questions, our churches would be full day and night. (coughs) The gradual of the Mass, that is the chant that follows the epistle, was taken from the prophet Isaiah. Rejoice and praise... O thou habitation of Zion, it's addressed to the church, for great is he that is in the midst of thee, the Holy One of Israel. The joy of the church is the real presence of our Lord in all the tabernacles of the world. The tabernacle is a wellspring of joy. And the Alleluia verse, the brothers sang. What is his good, and what is this beauteous thing but the wheat of the elect? Interesting expression. The wheat of the elect, and wine bringing forth virgins. Where the holy sacrifice of the Mass is offered, where the faithful approach Holy Communion worthily, with repentance, faith, reverence, and love, where the sacred host shines like the sun into the hearts of those who kneel in adoration, there will always be an abundance of vocations to the priesthood, the wheat of the elect, and to monasteries, look around, and to the religious life. The Gospel of the Mass is one that we often meditate here in this monastery and uh, I reflected on this very Gospel last Friday when I gave the Benedictine Habit to our new novice, Brother Lucas. Because in this Gospel, our Lord says, with desire I have desired to eat this Pasch with you before I suffer. With desire I have desired. Desiderans, desiderio desideravi. You see, the Most Holy Eucharist is the encounter of two desires the infinite desire of God for union with the likes of us. The actualization of that cry of our Lord from the cross, I thirst. I thirst for union with you and you and you and you. This is my thirst. This is my immense desire. And we are created with, deep inside, a desire for God that nothing earthly, nothing passing, that no human love, even however beautiful and faithful it may be, can satisfy. The human heart is created for God. And so our Lord says with desire, my desire to eat this Pasch with you, this Pasch, the Pasch in which he institutes the adorable sacrament of his body and blood. When you go to Holy Communion, think of this, I am bringing my desire to the desire of the heart of Jesus. And when you go before our Lord in the sacred host, say, I come to thee, Lord Jesus, to meet thy desire with the desire of my own heart. Finally, the communion antiphon is meant to be repeated and treasured. It's taken from the end, the very end, of the Gospel according to St. Matthew. And the words are the very words of our Lord himself. And the Church gives us this communion an on today's feast so that as we approach Holy Communion, as we receive the adorable body of Christ, his words strike our ears and pierce our hearts. And what does he say? Behold, I am with you all days even to the consummation of the world I am with you all days what response do we make to this word of our Lord I am with you the only possible response is to be with him when I I come here into the chapel to make my watch of adoration, I share something first of all with you. My prayer is more often than not only this, I am here for thee because thou art here for me. That says it all, and that's enough. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen.